Welcome to the Well Community Church Podcast. For more information on us and our mission to help people connect to God and to each other in every neighborhood, check us out at thewellcommunity.org or on our app, The Well Friends. Welcome to the Well Community Church. I want to explain a little bit about what's happening here tonight. And I don't know uh, if you might be a guest here with us. If you are, my name's Brad. So glad you came. And truthfully, I think you, you came at a pretty profound night. And here's why. For those who've read through your Old Testament, one of the things you find that uh, is a little peculiar about the people of God is they are not afraid to throw a party and to acknowledge what God has done. And so you start reading through and there's the feast of this and the feast of that and the feast of that and they're offering tri-tip here and uh, you know, they're offering some other sacrifices there and it, and it turns into this sort of way of doing life where on a regular basis they just go, hey, can we just stop for a second and acknowledge the goodness of our God? And what we would like to do is a little bit of a moment like that. Now here at the well, we typically pick a book of the Bible and kind of grind through it but we find ourselves sort of at the year end with an opportunity to catch you up to speed on what God has been doing. Uh, We've been uh, talking a little bit about Cultivate Now since 2018. Some of you are very familiar with that. You were part of the first real lift that we've ever done financially to relocate our church over to uh, the new Clovis campus, but some of you are new with us, and maybe you've seen some flyers or some pictures on the wall, but you're not really sure what's going on. And what we wanted to do is just say, okay, can we just take a moment and stop? Because whether you are aware of it or not, God has been doing incredible things, even this week, incredible things. And we would just love to share that with you. And so it's a little bit of a different church experience. Uh, it's a little bit of a different thing where we're not going to dive into a passage of scripture, but if we can take that celebratory stance of, hey, can we just talk for a moment about what God is doing and why it's significant that he's doing it, uh, and maybe we could sort of experience that joy together that we're a part of something special. I was thinking as we were singing about some of the Psalms, and if you've ever read through some of the Psalms, there's Psalms that are written to sort of just exalt God. And Psalm 136 jumps out, and it's a bit repetitive, but I think you'll get the point. It says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of, excuse me, give thanks to the God of gods, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him alone who does great wonders, his loving kindness is everlasting. And it goes on and on and on and on, Psalm 136 does, for 26 verses of his loving kindness is everlasting. That word loving kindness might be the most important Hebrew word in all of your Old Testament. It's the word chesed, which can't really be said without like, like you're hawking something, all right? Chesed, and it means this. It's translated loving kindness, sometimes steadfast love, sometimes covenantal love, and it literally means this. God's enduring, never-ending, unchanging, always faithful love. That word loving kindness, that word chesed, is God's nature. And what they praise in Psalm 136, and you see that word, by the way, all over in your Old Testament, is always the people of God are going, hey, time out. How faithful is our God? He always has been, and he still is because of his loving kindness, his unchanging, never-ending, forever faithful, always enduring 
love. And so in some ways, what we'd like to do tonight is celebrate that if we can. And we're going to have a, a, a lot of uh, things on the screen. And so I'm going to put my Bible down and I'm going to show you a couple of things uh, that are happening. Uh, but before we get into the what's happening, I, I want to just sort of reiterate what you've heard a little bit in the video of why it's happening. So some of you recall that back in 2018 when we launched the original Cultivate Effort, what we were saying is, look, we, we've got a bit of a, a square footage issue here, and we've got an even bigger crisis with the next generation. Little did we know COVID was coming, by the way. This is pre-COVID. This is just like we need to give the, some hope to the next generation. I don't know what your high school years were like. I could have used a little gospel back in those days because I got a lot of nonsense done at Clovis West High School. But we just knew we, we needed to provide something for these kids, and so we launched Cultivate. And so the goal for us from the very beginning was sort of twofold. Um, we wanted to strengthen this generation. Here's what we know. Some of you have got gray hair. You've earned it. And you've paid some, I was hoping you'd laugh, but you didn't. You've paid some, thank you. You've paid some dumb tax that the, the next generation really needs. There's a wisdom that you have. There's a season of, you've kind of been there, done that in a lot of life situations. So what we realize as a church is as a body of believers, we're better together. We need the older generation to pour into the younger. We need the younger generation to bring passion to the older. And that's the beauty of a body of Christ. And so we said, okay, we need to strengthen this generation with, with an eye to say, I need to grow as a man or woman of God so that I can make disciples of the next generation, which by the way, is the great commandment or great commission rather. So Jesus in Matthew 28 says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He doesn't make a disclaimer in that passage that some are Christians and some are disciples. Like there's Christians and then there's like the really spiritual ones and they're disciples. No, no, we're all called to make disciples, which means we're called to be disciples of Jesus. Point being, we want to strengthen this generation. But in so doing, we also want to reach the next. Here's what we know. We know if we don't go after the next generation, everything in the world will. TikTok's going after them. Snap's going after them. Insta's going after them. The average um, Gen Zer looks at their phone over seven and a half hours a day. So they're getting messages. And the question is, what are we going to do? Now, we have two choices. We can do what many churches have done. And we can say, look, I just don't know if we want to do that. And it's going to be expensive. And it's a lot of trouble. And I just don't know. We'll just keep doing our thing and, and maybe they'll come. Well, it used to be, by the way, that that, that sometimes worked. You know, you were 16, 17, okay, you were at church, and then you, you graduated high school, you left the church, but at some point you kind of came back. You got married, you started having kids, you, you came back to church. That trend is changing dramatically. There is no more boomerang that is happening generationally. They are gone, they are deconstructing, and they are continue, continuing to be gone. So we, we have a different task in front of us. So we realize we want to strengthen this generation and go reach the next, and we know it's absolutely critical. I asked our youth staff, just give me, give me an idea, because I'm 50 now, so I'm not 25 anymore. I've been way, way beyond cool for many years, but what's happening in the next generation? And so they kicked me some statistics. So 40% feel um, continually anxious or depressed, 40. 35% feel isolated and lonely, dealing specifically with Generation Z, the, the generation right after the millennials, born like in uh, 96 and following. And then 30% uh, report uh, thoughts of suicide since the pandemic. 43% uh, feel that uh, 
that they, uh, this is my eyes going bad, that morality, this is interesting, 43% feel that morality should change with culture, so there's no absolute morality. Um, they spend, as I mentioned, uh, seven and a half hours a day on the phone, and this is interesting, uh, only 9% of this generation would categorize themselves or identify themselves as an engaged Christian. Which means what we have is a very interesting cultural problem as it relates to faith. Loyalty is gone. Some of you went to church at a whatever denomination church because mom did and grandma did and that's just kind of what you did. That is, that is not the case anymore. So we're just dealing with a different group of people, different group of young people specifically. So Psalm 71's been driving us. Oh God, you've taught us from our youth and we still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when we were old and gray, oh God, which might be now, uh, don't forsake us until we declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. We want to go aggressively reach the next generation. Here's the thing, though. If we're going to go do that, it's going to cost us, not simply financially, it's going to cost us preference. Uh, it's going to cost us what we might want. It's going to make us change how we think about music styles, the things we put up with. Um, how many of you have been in a church context where a Young person walks in, hat backwards, you know, they're carrying a Red Bull, you know, and somebody's like, turn that hat around, and they turn around and leave. We're going to have to realize if you're going to go reach the next generation as a church, we have to continually be mindful that we've got to meet them where they're at. And so that's a passage that's been driving us. And so to do that, we launched Cultivate. And we did a three-year campaign of Cultivate. And by the way, probably the most effective and healthy thing we have ever done. And we realized as we were moving on to this new property out in our Clovis campus that we needed to actually probably go right into another. And so we launched another three-year Cultivate effort. And here's what's unique about it. The first thing we did is we said, hey, look, let's be a generous church. It's one of our values. We think it's gleaned from the scriptures. And so if our God is a generous God, how can we be a generous church? We said, well, we, we need to raise some capital, but let's take the first half a million dollars that's raised and let's give it away. And so uh, we have strategically partnered with a very unique ministry opportunity. So this is our mission field, by the way. This is our hood. This is where we live. This is where, as Jordan said, this is where God placed us. And God has us here at a time and a place to be light for Christ in our great city. Now, you know, you talk to people who don't live in Fresno, maybe from the Bay Area or Southern Cal, and you say, oh, I'm from Fresno. And you probably hear the same thing I do. Oh, why would you live in Fresno? And yet, this is where God has us. And I've heard a wise man say one time, it's the best kept secret in California. And God has us here to help people connect to God and to each other in every neighborhood. And so with that in mind, if you take our city and you look for the center of our city, like what, what is it? North, south, east, west, where is about the center of our community? You're going to find yourself right at about Dakota and 41. And you can... Check me on that, but you're going to be pretty close there. And, and here's the point. At Dakota and 41 was the old Sierra Hospital that has been purchased by the Fresno Rescue Mission. You've, if you've been around the world, you've heard this before, but I want to remind you of what's happening and then give you an update. And they've bought that place, and now they're going to move their facilities to a place called City Center right there in the heart of our city uh, and make one of the most fantastic um, resources in our community available for the most vulnerable. And they, uh, they being the mission, have had a long history of incredible ministry here in our city. What, what does that have to do with us? Well, what we said is in the center of that facility, we would love to come alongside and help plant a church. 
because we think the church is actually the hope of the world because the church is what proclaims the gospel. And as the mission reaches the most vulnerable in our city, what is the conduit by which they can get connected? Could we create a church, a gospel-centered heart in the midst of city center that would be there to serve those being served and could be there to serve those who are also serving? And so we have taken steps there. The mission has been great at City Center to open a room that they could begin to gather as a community. Uh, And so we've got two pastoral staff that have been ministering there already, not at the building, it's not quite open yet, but ministering at the mission currently downtown, doing some work with their family center, mentoring folks. Mark just did a wedding for a couple. And so there is great ministry already happening. And what we said is, look, two things. One, let's commit some first fruits resources to launch this church. Two, let's set aside money every year and let's help subsidize and support this church because the demographic that they're gonna be reaching are never gonna be able to sustain themselves as a church. But you know what? If God has blessed us and he has been so gracious, What greater thing to do with the blessing than to help support other ministries that otherwise couldn't support themselves? And so that's what's happening currently with City Center. We met with their team, uh, Matt Dildine, the the executive director of the mission, the advisory team of City Church. We met this week, had great clarity on how we're moving forward. They are going to be launching here early this next year as a church, and we're very, very excited to see that happen. And if that kind of opportunity stirs you a little bit, I would say, hey, maybe you need to start praying about what what might your role be with City Church? Because one of the things that's happening is there's a lot of uh, folks that are beginning to get excited about that. There's a core group that's already meeting there. They're going to be looking to meet on Sunday nights as an opportunity to integrate with some of the folks that are already at the mission. Their families that are bringing their kids there so their kids learn what it means to serve the least of these and be present with those who, who matter to God and who are valued by the Lord uh, but have just had a tough deck of cards that they've been handed. If that ministry interests you, we would love for you to get involved. So that's what's happening with First Fruits. Second goal of Cultivate, those renovation. Now, for this crowd here, you, uh, you may have seen our Fig Garden campus, but you certainly, I would imagine, don't attend on a regular basis with rare exception. But one of the things that we uh, have so, been so grateful for is in 1969, the Evangelical Free Lutheran Cross Church built a beautiful facility at Palm and Gettysburg. And they operated there for years and years and years. And in 2002, when we started our church, we rented their building as a means to get on our feet. Well, in 2009, the church was in a little bit of a decline, but they were wonderful people who said, look, we want the gospel to continue to be communicated here. God seems to be blessing what what you're doing there at the well. How about we just give you the keys and we'll just join you? And so literally, no cash involved, no price involved at all. They just handed us the keys and merged in with us, and we took over what is now what we call our Fig Garden Campus. Now, that is incredible, uh, but you can imagine, built in 1969, um, it's been many years since then, and so we've, we've needed to upgrade it. The original Cultivate, we took the opportunity to take the two kids' wings and renovate those, $3.8 million poured into the next generation, still Psalm 71, driving that process. We picked up an additional 7,000 square feet of kids' space. If you've ever been to the facility, you've seen it. It is fantastic. But what we realized is we needed to take another step as it relates to the sanctuary. So what we've now completed, it is done uh, uh, as a part of this Cultivate effort, is a renovation of the sanctuary. 
So we've uh, renovated the front door so it matches what we did with the kids' building, just sort of modernizing it, a little bit more glass, a little bit more natural light. We've also upgraded uh, the sanctuary itself. New stage, new paint, new upholstery on the pews. Yes, we kept the pews. Why would you get rid of them? They're beautiful. So new upholstery on the pews uh, and new carpet in the whole facility. And as you can see, it looks like a million bucks. God bless you. It is fantastic. Uh, kept the stained glass, kept the feel, kept the stone, kept the soul of that campus, really, uh, and then modernized the audiovisual. Um, the, our Fig Garden campus is primarily a videoed campus, so what we record on Sunday mornings is broadcast over there, so we wanted to make it the best we could. So their side screens, by the way, are like the middle screen behind me, not these little sad ones that we've got here. It is top shelf fantastic. New audio, new video, new lighting, uh, and we think that's going to help meet the needs of that growing part of our city. We see our campuses like gospel outposts in our community. They're just spaces where neighbors could walk to church. They're places in our city where you don't have to drive 30 minutes across town. It's right there in your neighborhood. Maybe you ride your bike, lock it up and go to church. We love to see that concept of being the church in every neighborhood. The results of the renovation, it is absolutely stunning. I highly recommend uh, just change your migratory patterns on a Sunday. Head over to Fig at 9 or 11. Do take note of the service times. They're different, 9 and 11. And just go enjoy it over there. Uh, it is the well. It is one church. It's just in multiple locations. And uh, we see that as an interesting glimpse into what we see the future might be for our church. Uh, but that's another, another thought for another day. Let me continue with this, though. First fruits, renovation. The third, though, is expansion. Now, part of the expansion is, uh, in some ways, obvious, and that is that we are relocating in a matter of months over to our new campus. Now, months can be, yeah, it can be very vague. What, what does that mean, months? And I will say this, uh, by way of answer to prayer right now, if any of you have been in construction, uh, you know that uh, there are certain entities that you work with that are more flexible than others. And there's a couple of entities that just don't care who you are. Uh, they're going to do what they want in the timeline they want to do it. And uh, one of those, no disrespect intended, is PG&E. They just, they just kind of do their thing. And so uh, we were told that they weren't going to come out for like months. And so we, we just said, well, let's pray and see what God does. Now, I mentioned prayer last week, and I, I said, don't, don't pray fortune cookie prayers. Oh, Lord, will you bless us? That's too vague. Pray specific things. And so we got after PG&E by name. Lord, would you move PG&E to these dates? We need these dates. And they did. And so it is unbelievable if you go out there right now. They said they weren't going to be out there till the end of the month. They're mobilized already right now on our property. And I just say, God, thank you. I don't know who pulled what string, but uh, if God holds the heart of kings in his hand and channels them like waters, certainly he can mobilize pg &E. And so I'm very, very thankful uh, for that. What is uh, going to be built out there? Well, as you heard, three acres of green space. Oh, and in fact... My uh, tech guys gave me a little handy-dandy laser pointer. Wow. So uh, I'll get out of the way if I can. So three acres of green space here for the kids to play. Uh, nice little walkway here filled with solar. This will be all solar fields here. Uh, we've got sand volleyball courts that are going up here. Most of this you probably already know. This is our gym slash sanctuary. I say gym slash because we built it to be a gym one day if we ever come to the corner and build a sanctuary. But for now, gym slash sanctuary and then kids' classrooms. 
Uh, our beautiful courtyard and grove out here is going to be stunning. And then, of course, parking on this side. So that, that's what's coming soon. The question is, what is soon? Well, here's what we've got confirmation on as of today is it looks very likely, barring something crazy happening, that we will be celebrating Easter gatherings in our new property uh, at the latest. Um, there is a good chance uh, that we could be in before that. We sure would like to get a week or two before because we have a, an idea that Easter might be crazy. Uh, but thanks be to God, we'll be in Easter, Lord willing, uh, and opening our first gathering there. So we're pretty excited about that. The question, though, as it relates to what we're talking about tonight, is what's this down here? And so that is where, where we're at currently. This is the next sort of phase of Cultivate that we're in right now. We're in the middle of it. We're just finishing our first year. And here's what we're moving to do. This is going to be a student center. So um, some of you have uh, middle school or high school students. They're currently meeting in the pantry. And the pantry is a building on our property. It's got no um, HVAC, uh, which means it's really cold right now. Uh, it's really a packing shed, but it was the only space that was kind of available for them to use. It was great during COVID because it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. And so the kids could hang out there, but uh, it's not ideal. And we know we need to build them a space that, that can meet their needs. And so this, this is what we're doing. Let me walk you through sort of what this is. Uh, on the bottom, you'll see it's kind of a larger room. That's a 500-seat auditorium. So our gym slash sanctuary will seat 15 to 1,600. Our kids' rooms, probably 200, which means we don't have anything mid-size. So that's a little mid-size room. Uh, a little outdoor space here for some life groups to sit if they wanted to hang out outdoor in a little patio. They've got a little, like, game space there for, like, ping pong, foosball, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's there. This entire space up here is a cafe. Now, it's interesting, if you've been at the well for any number of years, we've been doing this now together for 20 years, isn't it interesting, and maybe parents, you realize this, did you hear your parents say things, and you thought, well, I'd never say that, and then you became a parent, and you said it? Or, or have you said anything as a parent, and then you changed your mind later? Uh, this is one of those moments for me. You, you've probably heard, if you've been around for a while, I said, we don't want a cafe. We're building a big cafe. It's going to seat, I don't know, close to 200 people. So, so why would we build a cafe? Let me tell you why. So years ago, uh, there was a Starbucks company called, uh, excuse me, a coffee company called Starbucks that you may have heard about. And the CEO wrote a book called Pour Your Heart Into It, Howard Schultz. Phenomenal book. I really loved it. And he said, I want to create the third place. If you're not at home or you're not at work, you're at a Starbucks. And if you rewind the tape 20 years and, and think about what Starbucks looked like then. What did it look like? Big, comfortable leather chairs, beautiful couches, ceramic mugs, everything in that experience screamed, stay a while. You're welcome here. If you go to, into a Starbucks today, the business model has changed because now it's about transactions. Now the drive-through is the most popular part of a Starbucks. You don't get ceramic mugs, you get to-go mugs. You don't get comfy leathers, you get chairs that are just one step away from a block of stone. Sometimes there's not even anything to plug a computer into because they really don't want you to stay a while. And what we realized is um, not only has culture changed from a business standpoint, our needs as a culture seem to be changing as well where we're lacking community places places that scream, stay a while. So what we're envisioning in our cafes, leather chairs, 
ceramic mugs, outlets everywhere. Stay a while. You don't need to go anywhere. Food will be here. Coffee will be here. If you need a place to go, you can go to work or you can go home or you can come here. And what you're going to experience here is community with people that want to connect and good conversations that can take a long time. And uh, we, we really feel like that is something missing. We want that for our community. The, the vision before was go be ministry, go be, go be light in these other coffee shops. And that doesn't go away per se. It just means that the whole nature of the environment has shifted and we think this is gonna be really exciting. Well, you've never seen what it looks like. Uh, we've shown a couple of different examples, but one of the things we realized as we were going through the design process is, um, I think it was uh, Josh Sherfield from Queering who said, you, we were trying to pull money out of the project to keep it in budget. And he said, you're, you're trimming fingernails and you need to lose a limb. And so we're like, okay. So we went back to the project and realized that second floor that we showed months, if not years ago, was a $2.5 million expense. And so we said, okay, can we pull the second floor of that building and can it still do what we want it to do? And, and Russ Taylor, who's our architect, who's here tonight, he's a genius. He has created a stunning building and we want to show you what it looks like. It looks something like this. So as you pull onto the property off of knees, uh, you see that little outside little seating area there. I said that's kind of a life group space. It's really a patio space for the cafe, but our middle school and high schoolers will be meeting here, and it's also a cool place for them to hang out and do life group. As you spin the building around a little bit, this is the main entrance uh, here, uh, and the main entrance pops right into the double doors of the auditorium as you head in. As you continue to spin the building, if you will, the, the high roof line there, that's the cafe and we envision outdoor seating in the cafe because yes, I acknowledge that Fresno is really hot for several weeks in the summer and a little chilly for several weeks in the winter, but by and large, once the sun goes down, it's not too bad. And so we wanna create nice outdoor seating here and then we really like the idea uh, of an outdoor venue. The feedback that we got from doing outdoor gatherings is hey, when the weather is really nice, I kinda prefer to be outside. And so in this student center design is about a thousand seat outdoor venue that we're creating as well with the big jumbotron up top. Take tonight for an example. Um, imagine now we're on the new property and this is done. And you finish the gathering and you walk out and you get some tacos and then you sit down in the outdoor venue and you watch Thursday night football on the big jumbotron. Those are the kind of things we can do in the community for the community. We think it's gonna be a serious value add. Um, as I spin it a little bit more, uh, the other view from the, or of the uh, outdoor venue, uh, included in this is gonna be a little outdoor stage, a little outdoor baptismal, so we could do baptism services out there, which we think would be awesome. Uh, you wanna meet a friend and they're, they're not real comfortable with church. They're like, I don't know, um, might not wanna go in. You could just say, well, just bring a blanket. We'll just sit and have a picnic and we'll watch the gathering from the, from the outdoor venue. And so you have that opportunity and, and all of this, we just think really adds value here to this student center. Um, timeline. Well, um, we are going to occupy our, and get on the property in the completion of phase one by Easter, as I mentioned. Uh, when you come on the property, uh, you're gonna have a construction fence up we're gonna start construction as soon as we can. So the idea would be as we occupy, we go under construction. Um, and whenever construction begins, it is around 12 months, start the clock from beginning to end of the construction. 
Point being, we think this facility will be done spring of 24. So if you've got a junior, as I do, uh, the hope will be she'll get to have her senior celebration in the new facility. That's kind of the hope. So we're very, very excited. Now, granted, it's construction, so, you know, anything can happen. But that's, uh, that's the timeline at this point, and we think that's a pretty generous timeline. That's not super aggressive, and so we're, we're very grateful for that. Which brings me sort, to, uh, sort of to this part. So when you consider where we are, one of the things we have to acknowledge is the incredible generosity that got us to this place. Uh, to do a campaign like we did in 18 and raise as much capital as we did, to know we need to just move into another one very, very quickly, there has been incredible generosity from this congregation of which uh, we would not have been able to do any of this otherwise. So it has just been amazing. So I want to acknowledge that. I think as we talk about that, though, we're, we're really thinking now, okay, how, how do we move forward? How do we, how do we finish this? And there's really three things I want to sort of throw out to you. One would be an encouragement. Some of you are participating currently in Cultivate as I am. And so you've committed something and you're, you're doing whatever you can to fulfill that. I just want to encourage you um, to, to be prayerful in terms of your fulfillment of that because I'm getting groceries just like you are and I'm paying more than I thought I should. And I filled my car up with gas the other day and about threw up. And so, you know, with inflation, it's tough. And so we just encourage you, if you're committed to Cultivate, boy, stay committed that would be awesome. Some of you, though, have never participated in Cultivate. I want to just invite you to be a part of it. And it is an invitation. Uh, we don't do drive-by guiltings here at the well. We simply say, hey, God's doing some incredible things. And if you want to be a part of it, we'd love to invite you to if you feel called. If you don't feel called to, don't. But you might say, yeah, I'm interested. Well, there's some envelopes in the seat backs there. You can grab one of those Cultivate envelopes. Pray about what you might be willing to to do for the next two years and come in at whatever level you feel comfortable coming in at, knowing this is the worst economic time on the planet to do this. And trust me, we have thought long and hard about that. But the reality is we are so committed to this project, you can't really stop. And so we're in. Uh, but what might really help move the needle would be those who've never participated and might feel like, you know what, I want to be a part of that. And if that's you, go for it. The third would be this. We are months away, just a handful of months away from occupying the new property. And one of the things that we've experienced, as I mentioned with inflation, is the cost of the project is rising. And we've worked very, very diligently to try to hold that thing down. But any of you who've built anything in the last couple of years know the price of everything has gone up. And so as it's gone up, we've worked really hard to hold it down, but it's growing. And we're, we want to finish the project without pulling anything out. We're to the point now well, there's a couple pieces of the project that we say, okay, well, we could cut, we're triaging. We could cut that, we could cut that, we can cut that, which is fine, and, and we could still operate on the property. Uh, but one of the things we thought we'd do, just by way of an invitation, would be this. If by chance you are in a place where at the end of the year you could give just one time something to help move the needle, uh, we just want to invite you to pray about that. Uh, here's the thing. The beauty of the well has always been strength by numbers. It's never been one or two people that carry this church. I mean, we've had college students that have been supporting this church for years with $2 tithe checks. And I'm so thankful that they feel good enough to say, I trust this place. I want to be a part of what God's doing. And so what we want to do is give you an opportunity to participate if you're in a position to do it. This QR code will take you to a special end-of-the-year giving uh, link. It's also on our website and on our app. But here's the thing. Here at The Well, again, we don't operate by guilt. We simply say, if you feel called, 
participate. And with that in mind, I want to read a quick passage as we wrap up that in some ways frames out our desire or our our heart for it uh, better than I could ever say. It says this. This is 2 Corinthians 9. This is God's heart for a generous people. And he says, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he or she has purposed in their heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance of every good deed. Now to be candid, uh, if for some reason you're like, oh man, I don't know, I think the church is just trying to shake me down from my money. Can I just be honest with you? I really am not interested in your money. Really more interested in your heart. And if that's how you feel, don't give a dime. Just bring your Bible next week and let's keep talking about the Lord. Uh, But some folks are going to go, you know what? I I think I would like to participate. And if a grassroots movement happens and enough people can say, you know what? I I can give $100 or whatever. Then we move the needle together and we're able to move forward with this project with everything we'd like to have in it in it. So that's the invitation. I want to just close with this. As we as a community celebrate what God has done, it's hard to stop and thank him uh, because weeks go by, and I don't know how it works for you, but a day will go by, and a day will go by, and then a week goes by, and then a month goes by, and you just haven't really stopped. And I just hope tonight can mark a moment for us, especially those of you who've been around for a while, to go think where we were back in 2016. Think where we were back before we started this cramming out gatherings here, hosing down the asphalt so kids could do summer palooza out on the, you know, the blacktop out there, uh, and to consider what the Lord is doing. Um, I was talking to somebody, they were, uh, I'm doing a funeral here next week, and one of the girls who's the uh, daughter of the gentleman who uh, I'm having the privilege to bury, this guy loved Jesus, so there's nothing but glory in his passing, Um, from the words of his family, which is very sweet. But she goes, oh, I remember coming to the youth group, there was like, there was like seven of us I go, tell me about that. She's telling stories about the seven of them playing shenanigan games in a youth group that's like, you know, four kids and a set of twins, and that's it, you know, kind of thing. And I said, well, can I just tell you right now, there's, there's close to 500 middle school and high school kids combined. And she was just blown away. And the reality is, I think the, the need to reach the next generation, growing as much as it is, uh, I think the scope and scale of gospel ministry that God might be preparing for us is beyond anything we can ask or imagine. And one day, a kid's going to be going, oh, I remember when I was in the pantry, there was like 300 high schoolers. And we're going to go, oh, man, those, that's like that girl with seven kids in the youth group. And the hope would be this. We don't care how big our church gets. We have, we're not, we have no plans for growth. We're not trying to grow our church. We know we can plant and we can water. God's the one who causes the growth. And if God chooses to grow our church, we want to respond. And if if the cloud that was over the people of God in the wilderness moved, they were faithful to say, well, pack up, let's follow God. And when the cloud stopped, they stopped. And we we have a similar mentality. I share that because, hey, there's no secret that we're building a lot of facilities, whether it's renovation or, or the relocation and expansion to Clovis. Keep in mind, it's a so that. We're not trying to build uh, cathedrals. We're trying to build ministry tools that we can use to proclaim Christ and reach people for Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful to have been a part of this church now for 20 years and to celebrate the maturation process that you have brought us through. And as we look to uh, 
reach the next generation. I just pray for your continued grace. You've been so faithful to us. You've been so good. And this body has responded in such a generous and profound way. We thank you for that. But Lord, we know that there's still some lifting ahead. So would you stir in the hearts of those who you would like to maybe move to participate. Your word tells us that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And so Lord, do whatever you would like to stir those who want to participate as we try to make a continued move towards reaching the next generation here in our city. And we just thank you as we pause to thank you and remember you. We're just mindful you are good. And we thank you for your loving kindness for it is indeed everlasting. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining the Well Community Church Podcast. Be sure to check out thewellcommunity.org or our app, The Well Fresno, for more information on us, ways to connect, service times, and locations.